A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey listeners, thank you so much for listening to the Liverbird Sailing Podcast. And a special thank you to my Patreons who are supporting the show on a monthly basis. If you find value in the show, please consider joining this lovely group of people. Just check out the link in the description or go to patreon.com forward slash Liverbird Sailing Podcast to see some extra content and behind the scenes updates. Now on with the show. Here's what's coming up next. I think what I hope our inspiration is to people is that, you know, we don't have a lot of sailing experience, but we jumped right in. But the thing that has made it less intimidating is that there is such a great community of people who are very knowledgeable and willing to share. Welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Annika. On the Liverboard Sailing Podcast, I chat with awesome people who live, work and travel on their sailboats. My guests share inspiring stories and real-life advice about the lifestyle so that you and I can be better prepared for our sailing adventures. Today we are talking about a new topic that we haven't talked about yet, and that is buying a brand new boat. My guests are Aaron and Janet, who decided to upgrade their existing Genoa to a brand new one. We talk about what the process for purchasing a new boat is like, what kind of things the prospective owners can have input on, when does money exchange hands, and more. Now here is my chat with Aaron and Janet. Why don't we get started by just talking a little bit about your story? Like, how did you get into the sailing lifestyle in the first place? So we're thinking about that. And it was, we started, I guess we went on a couple of vacations to Florida and went on some sunset cruises on sailboats. And we, the second time we went, we, we rented an Airbnb that was on the water and we saw some sailboats out that were anchored or moored outside of where we were staying. And Aaron says, wow, what a cool idea that you could just, instead of being in here in the Airbnb on land, you could actually just be on a boat. And so when we first chartered, 
you know, the, the cruises, we were thinking, wow, it'd be fun to just, you know, charter boats when we come down. And so we kind of were just kind of bouncing around the idea of either chartering a boat for a vacation or possibly, I guess, later came up with the idea that we would just buy one. <laughs> yeah. And actually what, and that was in July and we were sitting at the Airbnb looking out at the water and in 2020, in 2020, so July of 2020, beginning of COVID, we had this idea and we came back home and we said, let's take sailing lessons. So at the beginning of July, we made that decision. And by the end of July, I think we were registered for sailing lessons and going through the process. And we loved the sailing classes. They were, you know, some classroom instruction and some getting out on the water. We were sailing on a, a Genoa, was it a? 37, it was, yeah, it a 379. Yep. So it was a pretty good size uh, sailboat that we were learning on and we were really enjoying it. And we started shopping for boats during the class time. I mean, in between, there was a few sessions over the course of a month of sailing school. And on the off days, we started shopping for boats. <laughs> By the time we completed our training classes or the ASA 101, 103 classes, we were also closing on our first boat. No way. Wow. Actually, we, we actually closed on our boat the day of our last class. Yeah. It had come into the the sailing school is also a marina, a marina and yacht sales uh, place, uh, Norton Yachts. And they had a boat come in on trade that we saw when we were in class and we fell in love with it mm -hmm. and made an offer on it and, it was literally the last day of class that afternoon. We closed on the boat and that was it. <laughs> wow, that must be the fastest turnaround I've heard. This is, yeah, that's great. What an inspiration, buying a boat while you're still finishing up your course. But of course, what was the boat that you then bought? It was a Sun Odyssey 379, similar to the one that we were learning on in the sailing school. And... It was a 2012, so it was eight years old. It had one previous owner. Hadn't been sailed a lot, so it was in really good condition. A very nice, very nice first boat uh, for us to to have. And I was able to rationalize the price of it based off of the price of a charter. Now, kind of, I had to justify it to myself that yes, this totally makes sense. When mm -hmm. in all reality, it probably doesn't make sense. <laughs> but we just kind of jumped in. And got started with it. Yeah. Yeah, no, but that's a good point because I've also looked at charters and especially if it's just two people, it, they do add up in price quite a bit because you easily end up paying $10,000 and then you do it long enough <laughs> or often enough, you end up paying for a boat. And that was another justification for us as well because if you do charter, you don't get to learn as much. And so having our own boat, it did let us learn like immediately on day one mm -hmm. that we have to figure this stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And where did you sail with the first boat as you finished up your sailing courses? <laughs> so we closed on it on Friday and Saturday morning, we took it out to anchor overnight all by ourselves. <laughs> People thought we were crazy. <laughs> well, only one we way to learn. We had never anchored a boat before other than we, you know, during class, we dropped the anchor and pulled it back up um, just 
that was the only experience we had anchoring a boat. So we took it out. We sailed about 14 nautical miles to Little Bay. So from Delta, Deltaville to Little Bay, um, it was actually sailing on the Chesapeake, got to the anchorage, used the, the charts to navigate there, found the anchorage and used the depth gauge to figure out, you know, a good spot to anchor and drop the anchor. <laughs> and from that point on, we were on the boat every single weekend yeah. until I think it was the, until we pulled it out of the water in the December time period for yeah. the winter. Yeah, so we got a lot of time on the boat that first season. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so they keep boats in the water until December in that area. So we actually wanted to hold on to it as long as we possibly could. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, we were one of the last ones to go out or mm-hmm. to come out of the water. And then one of the first ones to go back in and in the spring. Some people do winterize their boats and just leave them in the water for the season. You can also pull them out to winterize. And we... We didn't really know much about it, and a lot of people we had talked to were, oh, yeah, you pull your boat out, so that's what we did. (laughs) Yep. Just, you know, learning as we we go. So. So it must have been a lot of learning in that first few months of uh, sailing, and then you had to put it away and then come back to it again in the spring to start sailing again. And... At some point along the story, I know that there is a new boat that enters the picture. Pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. How, how, what was that process like? Where did you realize, like, actually, let's upgrade? And where did you get the idea? Did you go to a boat show by any chance and see, see some gorgeous boats as, as one does? We put the boat back in the water in March. Uh, the, the first One of the first boats they, they put back in the water that's in the spring. And then they had... The Janot, what was it? It was the Get to Know oh, Janot yeah. presentation they had just at the local marina. Some boats on display. So we just stopped by to say hi and look at the boats. And we were thinking about it. We walked into this model, the boat that we're on right now, mm-hmm. and just kind of fell in love with it. Yeah. It was a little bit bigger. So we were in a 379. This one's a 440. So about, you know, six feet longer and a lot wider. And it it felt much more spacious, a little more headroom, um, just, you know, and it was new. (laughs) 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 And uh, the, it was actually the same place we purchased our first boat from that was hosting this, this uh, event. And the owner of the marina, he said, hey, I'll buy our other boat's name was Traveler. He's like, I'll give you what you paid for Traveler toward the new boat. And we were like, okay. <laughs> and we just kind of, we just kind of said it. And then when, after we said it, we kind of liked the way it sounded. And, and we just continued to move forward with the process. But, but we knew. So we were, we were on the boat the previous season. And we were planning to spend as much time on the boat as possible. There were some things with that particular model. Uh, I'm six. I'm over six feet. I was hitting my head constantly. <laughs> it the the sleeping berth was for us in the in the rear of the boat. It wasn't the easiest thing to get into and out of. Yeah. Kind of cramped all the way around. Yeah. And you know, hey, people say that's what a sailboat should be, right? That's kind of what sailboats are. But we. When we saw this boat, we said, hey, there is a way that you can have a sailboat and be comfortable as well. 
Yeah, the front berth is very spacious. You can stand in there, the, you know, a good foot over your head when you're standing and you can, you know, sit up on the bed and not hit your head on the ceiling. Yeah. So it, it feels much like, you know, very much like a, a small condo, you know. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I mean, yeah, that's so true. Like you don't have to be uncomfortable on a boat anymore. Like, yes, if you, if you go on a small boat or you go on an old boat, probably going to be a little uncomfortable, but I mean, boat design these days, they're beautiful. These, these newer boats and so spacious, like the, the design that they've made and how they use the space, it's just all kind of optimized for comfort and living. And I'm curious, is your goal now to spend even more time on it? Or are you still planning or planning on putting it away for the winter and then coming back in the spring? No, we're going to stay on it. We've actually wanted to spend more time on it this summer. You know, we were planning on spending most of the summer on anchor, we have spent a good amount of time on anchor and in the water, but we've had to kind of work with our marina because there was um, some, you know, commissioning items and warranty items that they still needed to get done. So we had to kind of coordinate our schedules so that they would have time on the boat without us on the boat to complete some of those items. So that's been a little frustrating, you know, having to accommodate that and get that done. But our goal is that everything is done by the end of next week. Um, so that after the sailboat show, we can be free to just stay on the boat and take it to Florida and the Bahamas. So we're planning on being in the water all winter and, and not pulling it out. Oh, that is very exciting. Uh, but let's talk about that process, because that is something I have a lot of questions about. Because from what I know about, yeah, purchasing a new boat, that there is uh, quite a lot of um, a lead time, at least for certain boat times, they have to wait for for quite a while. And in general, what is that process like? So you use kind of a local representative, but obviously the boat is made in France, uh, being in Genoa. So how does that work? How much input can you have into things? Yeah. So when we looked at the boat, uh, the dealership here, uh, they're a dealership and they have their own marina. So they already had this boat on order. So they had it slotted into the production schedule. Mind you, I think we were in the April or May time period. This boat was supposed to begin production in September. So later that year, and then also um, to be delivered, I believe, in the February time period. February, March. Right. February, March time period. Mm -hmm. So we actually placed the order or we signed it onto it and said, this is going to be our boat mm -hmm. in the production schedule. And I think that was the May time period. So we had from May until September that we met with the, the dealer and kept going through the different options that were available to be we added. Wait, so the boat was ordered, but as there's a boat of 440 being made, but we got to select really everything in it. It was like buying a new home. So we got to pick the wood, the flooring selection, the, you know, the cabinetry, everything we got to pick, which, you know, boards or colors that we wanted, the fabric on the cushions, how many cabins we wanted, how many berths we wanted, um, Heads, I mean. <laughs> yeah, the sale package. So, just... I mean, everything we got to custom pick, it was just he had said, I'm getting a 440. And then we, during, from when we placed the order till when they finalized it in September was when it was going to be all set in stone going into production. We had that time. So we met with them several times. 
we went over the whole laundry list of what the options were, made selections, and we would meet with them again a month later and be like, okay, no, we changed our mind on this. We want this instead. And, you know, we, you know, generator, ref- extra refrigerator, all kinds of options. And it was, it was a little overwhelming, yeah. um, but they were really, really good to work with and, you know, flexible. And, you know, we just kept going over the list and, and making sure that our final decision was what was on the, the order. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, and I mean, how did you even know? I mean, obviously, you have a list of things to choose from. But how do you go about prioritizing, you know, and not saying yes to everything? Did you have a chance to visit some other boats to see how things look? Or what was your process for that like? So we we were able to see uh, another boat of the same model and just kind of get a feel of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did a lot, we put a lot of trust in um, in the dealer mm-hmm. and used his experience to recommend, you know, this is something that you want to have put in at the, at the factory. And, you know, this is, this, this other option is something you might want to do afterwards and mm-hmm. make sure that you want, make sure you know how t- you want the boat configured after you've been on it for a little bit of a time. Yeah. We really relied on his expertise, yep. um, to guide us. He had, you know, 20, 30 years of sailing experience with different boats. And he was very knowledgeable in terms of like the anchor and the sails and, and, you know, things that we were going to want and to prepare because we had communicated, we were looking at long-term cruising and living on the boat. And so we wanted to make sure we were set up for, for that situation. For, For that situation. Yes. We did not go overboard with, let's say lithium, and solar panels and, and all of that stuff straight from the factory. And I think rightfully so that uh, they were able to save us money up front mm-hmm. by saying, Hey, prices are coming down on these particular items, you know, the electronics and that st- type of thing. So go ahead and use what comes with the boat standard, mm-hmm. use that up for a couple of years. And then as prices go down on these, some of these other features, add them later. Right. Oh, that's very nice. Uh, nice of them to share that and have that inside information as well. But what were some of the things that you decided to add based on your cruising plans and kind of spending more time on the water rather than, you know, just a weekend cruiser type thing? The biggest thing was the generator. I think that was the biggest thing we definitely wanted to make sure that we had was a generator so that if you weren't at a dock hooked up to power, you still had the ability to run the air conditioner or, you know, use the electricity um, on the boat. Yeah. And the boat, I mean, this boat comes equipped as a, I'll call it in air quotes, like a coastal cruiser. You know, so it is equipped for longer weekends out of the box. And I think, you know, that's how we've used it and up to this point. Mm-hmm. And the new additions that we're going to put on it, such as the solar, uh, a potential water maker when we go down south. Mm-hmm. Uh, those will be some of the items that will really turn it into the longer term cruiser right. for us. We did also add the refrigerator, though. We have the uh, the refrigerator, the main refrigerator in the galley is nice because it's some of the boats. I don't know if you've seen they have where you open the counter and you reach down into it. We have just a regular. It's like a a little bit bigger than a mini fridge where it, it opens. You know, it's front access to it, so it's got all the shelves and it has a small freezer in there. And that's really nice. But then we added an extra freezer. So we didn't go with the three cabin layout. We went with, it's two cabins 
And then the where the third cabin would have been is actually a garage space. So it's extra storage. And we also have an extra uh, refrigerator freezer in that room so that we have a larger capacity, you know, for longer term cruising to store, you know, and freeze um, more food so that it ha- kind of helps with longer term provisioning. Yeah, that makes sense because things like that are much harder to install after the fact compared to something like electronics or solar panels. You can upgrade and change those quite easily, but you know, try to put a fridge or a freezer in there as a, as an afterthought. That's a, that's a different story. And that was the biggest things I think. Yeah, for sure. That extends the cruising um, comfort and then just the ability to go a little bit further, uh, for sure. But what ended up being the timeline for it? Were there any delays or did you got it right on schedule from France? <laughs> no. <laughs> so uh, mind you, all of this was taking place during the middle of COVID and a lot of the supply chain constraints. And we did start receiving stories about uh, potential delays. Potential delays and for specific things. The, the manufacturer was having problems with the, the diesel motors, just getting diesel motors. So similar to other industries, they were building boats and then would have to come back and drop in the motors at, at a later time. And so I think, but overall, our delivery date, we started out in the February or March time period. And it finally did come in in late April or early May. It left the factory about a month after we thought it was going to be here. And it took a a month. We tracked it. We were able to track it on radar. We knew the name of the ship that it was on. And it was in, where was it in France or Spain? Um, We were able to track its progress over the Atlantic Ocean. It went up to New York and then it went to the Chesapeake. It went down the Atlantic Ocean and then it went up the Chesapeake to Baltimore. And when it got to Baltimore, they put it on a truck and they drove it on a flatbed truck from Baltimore down to Deltaville, which is about 160 miles. So we knew the day that it was put on the truck that it was coming and we were able to be down in Deltaville and see it actually be delivered and taken off of the truck. And we have a video of that on our YouTube channel. (laughs) That's been a very popular video. It's kind of exciting to see. It was very, very exciting to see that boat come in after waiting for it for literally over a year and to see it actually in person um, come in on the truck and have them take it off the the truck and put it in the yard. Still wrapped in plastic, but it was just so exciting to, you know, finally physically see what we had just imagining was going to look like. So that was a exciting day. Oh, I bet it was. And uh, just finally getting to that. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. That point and you said it was a little over a year all in all from when you said yes we're doing this signing papers to actually get in the boat mm-hmm. to right so actually getting it into the yard but then there, the commissioning process took at least a month before you know they had to assemble the boat essentially the, the mast wasn't on it it was wrapped in plastic they had to um you know do some assembly putting the mast on it and what else did they have to do? Final installation of all of the electronics, the big checkout of all the different systems. Uh, then they have to put the bottom paint on. Yeah. And you know, just, it's, they had to, it's basically some assembly required yeah. when it comes into the yard. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think of that. But of course, that makes sense because you naturally have the North American electronics, even though it's a European built boat, I take it, that's all, you know, European or a, North American voltage and all these things. Right. Yeah, yep. exactly. Um, so that took about a month. So were you still able to, in that month when it was being commissioned, were you still able to, like, was it yours already or was it still like, it's almost So ours? we didn't actually close on the boat until the commissioning was done. They made sure everything was working. They tested the, the systems, the motor. They We took it, uh, we were able to go with them for the um, shakedown sale the- or... This initial sea trial. Sea trial. Uh, we were able to be here quite a bit of the time. They communicated with us when they were doing certain projects, um, and we were able to come down and get some great video of them putting the mast on the boat and you know splashing it in the water and some of the other things. Um, and we've shared a lot of that on your YouTube channel, so that you know we just thought that was kind of a cool process that most people don't get to to see how really it works, and so. It was fun to be able to share that. And, and like I said, the marina here, the, you know, yacht broker was really great with communicating, you know, when those things were happening so that we could um, witness it, (laughs) I guess. And so there's some things in the commissioning process that we actually chose to do on our own or have not part, have not be part of the actual marina. Mm. And one of those big things for us was the canvas. Yeah, that's true. There is an option when you buy a boat, you can actually go with the canvas that comes standard from the factory or many times. And it seems like the more prevailing thing that people do, at least here in the States, is you do custom canvas. So the boat comes, it doesn't have your your bimini top, your camp, your dodger and all that type of thing. And you, so we had to, we chose to take the boat prior to take delivery on the boat from the commissioning process prior to the canvas being done because we wanted uh, a certain manufacturer or a certain supplier to go ahead and add that uh, to, to the boat because we had seen his work uh, right. in, in the past and we just liked it. Yeah. So just to clarify that the people that do the canvas on the boats typically in Deltaville live in Deltaville. And so part of the commissioning process is putting the canvas on before you close on your boat. But because we selected Someone who didn't live in Deltaville, the the custom canvas place that we chose was up in Annapolis, which is 120 miles from here. And so we had made arrangements that 
we would close on the boat without the canvas, but then sail it up to Annapolis without canvas. And we stayed up there for the whole month of June while they put the canvas on it. And we lived on the boat and the canvas maker came every week to do the different steps of the process of putting the framework on and then doing the the Dodger and the Bimini and all the steps that it was kind of fun to watch that too. But we got to be, we got to actually be in the middle of the commissioning process and take it a little early because we had opted to do that. And it was nice that we had the flexibility to use someone other than who they typically use because we were really in love with the, the work of this other canvas maker. And so it was great that we were able to have that option. Yeah. Oh, that's really, really special to be part of that, uh, the whole process. And you mentioned something that you didn't close on the boat until it was there. So just a practical question then, at what point does money exchange hands? Is it only like, do you put down a deposit when you say you want it, and then you pay the rest once it's there, you've approved that everything's as it should be? I'm sure different dealers will have different arrangements. Mm -hmm. Ours was partly the trade-in of the other boat. We use that as, as part of the down payment. But when we, but when we actually made the, the paperwork arrangements up front, so at April, or I think it was April, May time. When period, we first said we want the boat, we put down a deposit. We did put a, put down a deposit. It wasn't the biggest deposit in the world. Uh, but we also um, were sailing on our previous boat. That we were trading in. That we were trading in. So we had the entire summer and the entire season on our previous boat. Right. At the end of the season, we traded it in. And then that was the other part of the deposit mm-hmm. for the boat as well. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, that's such a clever arrangement and allowed you to keep sailing throughout a whole summer, uh, another summer. So you didn't have to just be boatless for for uh, another sailing season. Um, uh, earlier, you mentioned something that you're still kind of uh, getting ready to get going because of some warranty issues and, and that kind of things that have held you in the marina. So, uh, you know, everybody that I talk to always say everything breaks on boats all the time, every day. So is this the case on new boats as well? I would say new boats are more like a new house. Mm -hmm. So I think if you go into a new house and expect everything to be perfect, most people know that it's just not going to be perfect. And I think it's the same thing with a boat. Mm -hmm. It's not that things break on a new boat. I think it's more of uh, we're inspecting the the initial build quality and just finding you know some of the things that may need to be tweaked mm-hmm. uh, throughout the entire process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when you say every you know things break on boats, uh, that is true, but you know things do go out, things do wear out. If you think about the systems that we have on on the boat, we're pumping water you know, constantly to from, from the holding tank into, you know, the sinks, the faucets, the showers and everything, the, the oven, the, the stoves that we have, the refrigeration systems, everything that we have in the boat is very similar to, let's say an RV, um, or even let's say a a home. Mm -hmm. The big difference is we're in constant motion when we're out sailing and these things, these systems are being tossed and turned and just beat sometimes in, in the heavy <laughs> waves. in the waves. So, yeah, things things will tend to wear and, and break uh, over time. Mm-hmm. The thing about 
it on a on a boat is you need to repair them when they do happen mm-hmm. because you know as if if they go out um you don't want to have 10 things that you have to do all at once you want to keep up with that with that general maintenance we do have some friends that you know they actually go through and inspect they open up the 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 cabinets and the, the floorboards and do an inspection. And recently they found a leak that they had and had to, had to do that quick repair. And it was just a, a clamp that had failed over, you know, 10 or 15 years. Fortunately they had the spares and were able to, to do a quick fix on it. But yeah, things do break. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say on the new boat they I don't anticipate them breaking as quickly, <laughs> but eventually they will. <laughs> yeah, there's always a little something to fix, if not full-on repair. Just, you know, tweak a little bit <laughs> here and there or upgrade and add. And, you know, there's always something to do. And that's where we're at is that's one of the reasons that we also kind of went into a new boat is because we didn't want to spend all of our time fixing just to get it, be able to get it out into the water. Uh, but we're in the we're in the phase of adding Right. And so that's going to be a lot of the major projects that we have going on. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, yeah, you kind of have like a an empty canvas to, to work on and just add your own things, including canvas uh, that you want to um, make it yours and, you know, fit your lifestyle and, and your goals. So that, that it sounds kind of exciting. You know, you get to choose everything, you know, and you don't have to worry about the or curse the previous owners of you know, gosh, why did they do it this way? <laughs> why did they choose this color? <laughs> right. Yeah, we're stuck with our own choices. Yeah, we're st- <laughs> <laughs> no one to blame but yourself now. <laughs> so having gone this uh, new boat purchase process quite recently, um, would you have any tips for anyone who is thinking about purchasing a new boat? You know, the boat show season is starting um, or is uh, is on as we speak. So yeah, maybe there's uh, some listeners who are thinking of purchasing a boat. So any tips or anything to look out for? I think a big one that I think is, um, you know, we love our boat, but we've met a lot of people who maybe have different brands of boats and there's different features on other boats. And for us, we kind of jumped right into the Janot with our first boat during sailing classes. And then we you know, jumped into trading this one in for another Janot, and we hadn't really even looked at any other brands. And so there are different features on other boats, some that we like, oh, wow, that would have been nice to have. (laughs) You know, and it's not that we don't love our boat. It's just I think that we maybe didn't do a thorough job of looking at all of the options before making our decision. And so, you know, we're not unhappy with our decision, but we do know that I would, what I would recommend to other people is, you know, really make a list of what's important to you and look at, you know, two, three, four different brands of boats to compare and contrast features, especially for someone like us who is so new to sailing. And we didn't really know what some of those options even were, right? You I mean, we just said, oh, it's like a, a boat is a boat, a car is a car. But it's like, there's a lot of, a lot of different things that in different design options that some of the boats do as, as well. But we chose this one because it, it's, you know, known for its good cruising um, efficiency. Um, it handles well in the water. It's great for long-term 
But again, there are other boats that, that give those options and maybe have some other features that maybe, you know, we, we would have enjoyed as well, you know, but I guess that would just be my, my biggest tip is just, you know, look at more than one brand and compare and contrast what's most important to you. Yeah. And just to add to that, the, some of the, some of the different features that you look at in a boat is the actual design of the boat. You know, do you want the actual blue water, you know, capable boat, you know, with tagged blue water, if it's tagged with the blue water, um, it has, it's designed differently. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has different features. Uh, It's almost, you know, they make them almost bulletproof, but those also come at a bigger cost as well. Mm-hmm. So there's pros and cons to to everything, and just take you know I truly would recommend, like Janet said, explore the different options, find out what you really want to use the boat for, mm-hmm. what you want it to do, and then look around it from that perspective mm-hmm. of the different options from manufacturers, boat designs, etc. Yeah, those are really good tips because, of course, you need to think about where you actually want to take it. Because if you are heading to the Caribbean versus if you're heading to Cape Horn, that's a slightly different kind of boat. So, uh, good to know what what you're where you intending to head in the next little while, of course. Um, but you guys have been, you know, living the sailing lifestyle now a, a little while on a previous boat and now on a new boat. So. What do you like about the lifestyle? What got you into so invested that you got a new boat that you just want to stay on and sail on further south? Right. Well, so, I mean, the sailing on further south, the appeal for that is is being on the boat longer, not putting it away, and also enjoying warmer weather. So that's the big appeal of that. But being on the boat, just being on the water, we really enjoy being out on the water and also just being able to move from place to place, you know, still working remotely, but changing you know it's not like going to your lake home and you go to the same exact spot every every week and you have the same view every week we can actually move and and check out different towns and get a different scenery you know it's always on the water but it's always different you know you have different the different places you go to it's kind of new and exciting and i was just we were talking about it last week you know we spent the week on the boat working remotely but it felt like we'd been on vacation you know, we had moved the boat to three different locations within a week's time. And it was just waking up to beautiful sunsets and or sunrises and beautiful sunsets in the evening and just, you know, very relaxing to be on the water. And it just felt like we were on vacation, even though we had just worked the whole week. (laughs) So that was, that was what it's just a different, a different way to approach life. And the other thing to it is the community that's out there for the sailing community. Definitely. We've we've met so many friends both at our marinas, but then also while out on anchor. There's so many genuine people that yeah. are just out there to help, right? As yeah. well. They've had different experiences. They have a lot of knowledge and, and are willing to share it. And yeah, so I would say don't be afraid to jump in. I think that's I think what I hope our inspiration is to people is that, you know, we don't have a lot of exhaling experience, but we jumped right in. But the thing that has made it less intimidating is that there is such a great community of people who are very knowledgeable and willing to share. I mean, when you meet someone else who's been sailing for a long time, they are more than happy to give you what they know tips wise and what works and doesn't work. And, you know, you take all the information that you get and then figure out which, which advice you want to go with. But 
Like you yeah. said, it's just the community of people that support that's out there. Um, it's a nice niche, uh, a group of, of community, but he just, it's so welcoming and inviting. And the other thing about it for me being a little geeky about it <laughs> is I love the fact that we can be basically in our home out on the water and we're self-contained. You could actually have, you generate your own power. You can generate your own water if you need to. And living efficiently, you have to live efficiently when you're on a sailboat. The idea is to live efficiently when you're on a sailboat. <laughs> um, and, you know, I just love that concept yeah. that, that you can actually do that. And when we go back to our small condo, at the end of a sailing session for us, mm -hmm. we walk into this small condo and we're like, this is huge. <laughs> this is so much space. And we realize how much water we actually use right. when we take a shower at home versus when you take a shower on the boat. But how much space, you know, we have the condo at home that we're working on getting rid of, but it's a lot more space than we need. And so we've realized being on the sailboat, I mean, even though we're at home, we're always in the same room together. <laughs> it's just, you know, we don't need all that extra space. There's a lot of, of, you know, extra things we don't need and space that we're not using. So there's plenty on, on the boat and it's a little, in some, some ways, a little easier to manage. Yeah, I think living on a sailboat is definitely a little more intentional. And I've talked to a couple of people who've uh, kept their house, you know, a three, four bedroom house, and then went sailing. And then they've ended up sail selling the house because they said there's no way they're going to go back to that big of a house. <laughs> there's no way they'll need that much space ever again. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and that's what that's what our goal. That's our next step is just we're in the process now of of deciding the timing and, and letting go of the condo and trying to do that while we're trying to sail south. <laughs> and we're doing it while I'm still working full time as well. Mm -hmm. Right. That That's a lot going on. So you're able to work fully remotely then just using uh, internet that's available? Yeah. And COVID really opened the door for that back mm -hmm. in 2020. And, you know, where I'm at right now, a lot of my work is done remotely. We do have additional Wi-Fi set up or cellular service set up on the boat itself. We are looking into the Starlink as well for the satellite communication. But yeah, a lot of the work can be done remotely. And if I need to travel, I just need to be able to make it to an airport somewhere. Yeah, that's really good to hear. I love hearing from people who are doing essentially what I hope to be doing, which is also working from a boat remotely. Uh, and everything that you described of like, you know, feeling kind of feel like on a on a vacation, even though you're just, you know, working and, and living your normal daily life. It's just very different when you're out there on the water. And it, it, And it's not all sunrises and sunsets. <laughs> no, <there's laughs> good reminder. There is, there is the rough weather, but again, like you, I think you had mentioned, it's very intentional. Right. And so you do have to know what you're getting into and be willing you know, to put up with that. There can be some sleepless nights mm -hmm. uh, when the weather is bad. but I will say the other thing for me, I'm very, very fitness conscious and I had a very, very, you know, routine workout program that I did at home before we were ever on the boat. And we were also 
heavy into uh, road cycling. So we, we did some century rides and very active um, riding our, our bicycles. And that's a challenge right now, you know, to, to kind of rethink fitness on the boat. And so, you know, we've played around with the idea of bringing our bikes on the boat and how would we get them to the shore so that we can continue cycling. Cause we do still enjoy cycling, um, but also working out. And so coming up with new routines to stay fit on the boat, you know, we have the paddleboard and we get to shore and we go on walks. Um, and then I have some, you know, resistant bands and some weights that I do on the boat, but it's just really coming up with a whole new routine to kind of fit the new lifestyle. So it's making that conscious decision that we really like this lifestyle, but we, we don't want to give up some of the other things that we're doing. And so it's just kind of trying to blend, blend those things together and, and find what, what will work um, so that we don't have to give up everything. Um, some of those other things. Yeah, that's a really good point because of course it is a huge change to move on to a boat and live on a boat, but it doesn't mean that absolutely everything in your life should change, especially things that give you joy and you want to hang on to, like staying healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These kind of things that are part of your life forever, you know, you don't need to throw them out the window just because you now live <laughs> on a sailboat, right? So you have some exciting plans ahead, heading south, uh, figuring out uh, all that new countries and all that fun stuff. And you said that you've documented the purchase process on your YouTube channel. So where can people go and follow you guys' journey online? The, all the past adventures and future ones. Yeah, so we have we have an Instagram account that's just Aaron and Janet Saline. And we also have our YouTube channel, which is the same, Aaron and Janet Saline. And we document everything that we're doing um, on a weekly basis. So we upload videos and we're pretty current. Most of the content that we post is just a week or two be delayed from when we actually filmed it. So we try to stay really current, but we had a lot of, uh, a lot of um, people interested in the whole boat buying process, which was really exciting. And now we're um, getting, you know, we're doing some longer term living on the boat week at a time stretches. So lots of good stuff going on. Thank you for sharing uh, your story and uh, this perspective on buying a new boat with me today. You're welcome. Thank Thanks you. for having us. There you have it. A little insight into buying a new boat straight from the factory. I hope you enjoyed the story. And as always, thank you for listening. Next week, it's time for another sailing story. This time, something completely different. So stay tuned. And bye for now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.